1: when you're talking about going above and beyond the call of duty and un- not quite understanding international dates and timelines, Gibbo, you've, we have got Trey Wingo, uh, I believe, from Hawaii. And it's potentially... Is it 2 o'clock in the afternoon on New Year's Eve there, Trey? That is 100% correct. How are my good friends in Australia today? We are good. We are good. We are basking in the glory of New Year's Day. The, the sun hasn't come up a different colour. The world is still the same uh in the same mess that it was yesterday so hopefully things can uh you guys in hawaii can uh you guys in hawaii can can shift the narrative as our friend joel kane would say but how are new year celebrations kicking off in hawaii uh
0: very mellow at the moment i'm I'm currently playing a horrible round of golf but the good news is there's just about 30 miles an hour worth of wind and a massive rainstorm is coming so that will really make the game be better
1: Just said it all on the ground like my friend here, Brett Kamali, does. But, uh, (laughs) Trey, I want to start, and this, and for people that do or do not know, but I believe that uh, this man and and his computer game, John Madden, was the introduction of of NFL to a lot of people here in Australia through uh, his exploits and the great PlayStation and Xbox game, uh, Madden Football, uh, was tragically lost uh, this week, And, and obviously... My team, uh, Raiders, former Raiders coach.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a shock. It was uh, not something, you know, he wasn't ill, he just died suddenly at the age of 85. And the thing I always tell people about John is, you need to understand, it's really cool if you have one Hall of Fame career in your life. He had three. Uh, I mean, as a football coach, he won over 100 games in the NFL, and his winning percentage was 76%. So he won three quarters of the games that his teams played. And he won a Super Bowl title, Super Bowl XI, with the Raiders taking down the uh, the Vikings, thirty-two to fourteen. So then he stopped doing that and became the greatest broadcaster uh, and an analyst of football games that I believe we've ever had in this country. And because he was so good at that, he then, like you said, became the voice of the Madden video game, which got everybody playing it. So he had not one, but two, but three Hall of Fame careers. And just to show you how good he was as a broadcaster alone, at one time he was the lead broadcaster for the four biggest networks in this country, CBS, Fox, NBC, and ABC. At one point he was the lead guy for each one of those networks. That's how good he was.
1: Yeah, amazing the, the story and the success he's had. You, Trey, did you have any dealings, I suppose, with John Madden close-up where you can share some experiences about what made him so great, as you said, as a commentator and as a coach? And then as the voice of NFL in, on, on on games. Yeah, he just
0: he, – he made it fun, you know. Like, he brought the fat guys back into the game, the offensive and defensive <laughs> linemen. He used terms like slobber knocker, you know. And, and every time there was a big hit, he'd yell, boom, just like that. And uh, he, One of his great quotes of all time was, the road to easy street goes through the sewer, which is a nice way of saying you got to get down and get in the muck and the mud if you want to be successful. And – uh you know, I've, I've had a few interactions with him over the years. I was there uh, hosting the Hall of Fame ceremony the year he got inducted. And he didn't have the best speech, but I'm not sure anybody had more fun giving that speech uh, than John did that year. He was absolutely amazing. And uh, he had a great line about, uh, about the Hall of Fame. He said, you know, whenever, when the lights go out at night, all these buffs get up and talk to each other. And uh, it was just really cool. He made the game interesting. He made it fun. He made you want to be a part of it, you know.
1: Yeah, and Trey, and and through his game, uh, I'm not sure you. I'm sure at, at some stage in your life, anyone has, has had the uh, the Madden NFL game. Some of the uh, Raiders vertical is my number one play that I I use at the moment. Derek Carr just throws it to Darren Waller up the seam, and I score flat out. And when I'm playing Madden at the moment, but I, I read somewhere this week that it took years for them to to get the production right of of the game because he was so. He wanted it to be yeah. so realistic. He wasn't happy with the way that it was produced. And finally, they came up with a game that, look, it has been a, a stable of, of gamers for a long time.
0: He created an industry.
1: I mean, like, video games really didn't
0: exist before Madden. And uh, th- that's the, the the thing that is so unique about him, is that he, he just was, like, he, he was every man in, in so many ways, but he was also... He, he did it in a way where he didn't feel like you were talking down to you or it wasn't fake. It was just his natural enthusiasm about football and his energy that I think people really related to. And uh, I just don't think there'll ever be another broadcaster like, like him because now you you do that and people say, well, you're trying to be the next John Madden and there's never going to be another, another John Madden. His, his, uh, it just He was so real and so honest. And, and the other thing is, you know, we talk about how jovial he was, but before the NFL was even admitting that there was a link between fo- playing football and concussions and head injuries and all that kind of stuff, there are clips of John talking during a game. It was a—it one I couldn't remember off the top of my head. was a playoff game between the Vikings and the Giants, and Jim McMahon was on the sidelines dealing with a concussion. And John said, you know, I believe – that if a guy's concussed, he should not return to the game. He probably shouldn't play next week. And he said, you know, a boxer gets knocked out and he has to stay out of the ring for 30 days. But these guys get a head concussion or a concussion and head trauma and we put them in uh, two plays later. He said, I, I don't think that's right. And he was way ahead of the curve on that.
1: Yeah, way ahead of the curve on that. And I suppose for, for a lot of sports now, we've got better understanding of the concussion and what can do. Give us an NFL update at the moment. What's happening over there in America?
0: Um, We're just trying to get through this season (laughs) and get to the playoffs because we are – let me tell you, you guys know too, we are moving those COVID protocols to suit what we need to do. I mean, uh, you know, I think last week they had 400 players test positive, and we had all of 262 last year in what was supposed to be the COVID season. So uh, the NFL is in a sprint to just get this thing to the goal line and get to the postseason. They have changed the protocols and updates at least three times in the last few weeks, just to make sure that we get where we need to go.
1: Trey, do you think that that's going to be the case, that two weeks away from the playoffs, it's going to be the, the healthiest team has the best opportunity? We've seen the Chiefs have got onto a run. Buccaneers have had a bit of a blip. Uh, they've got injuries. Uh, is it going to be this, the side that's injury-free and COVID-free has got the best shot at winning this uh, NFL title? Well, yeah, listen, every year the injuries play a huge factor. Like, for example, last year in the Super
0: Bowl, the Chiefs became the first team in Super Bowl history to start week one with two different tackles than that started in the Super Bowl. I mean, that offensive line was devastated, and that was a big part of why Tampa Bay was able to just absolutely destroy them. So that's always going to be a big part of it. The COVID thing is going to be interesting come playoff time because obviously once you get rid of, you know, so many teams that aren't involved, I think you have a better chance to try and sort of protect uh, those teams that are still remaining in the postseason. But, you know, it's going to be a thing. Like, like uh, Kirk Cousins is unvaccinated, and he's, he's out this week for the Minnesota Vikings. Carson Wentz may be able to play, depending on what his situation is, because they changed the protocols. But the Colts right now are probably playing as well as anybody except Kansas City, and they may be without their starting quarterback in a huge game this weekend because of the COVID Just- issue. So it's, it's going to wreck havoc with everything.
1: Yeah, just on the Colts, uh, how does it sit with you? I I believe and I I know that the the MVP is a quarterback's award, and, and our man Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if we could if the NFL would give it to him with what he's done this year, but he's playing pretty some pretty good football. Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor, any any chance would you be happy to see uh, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts be awarded the MVP because he not only has been the MVP on the field, but he's winning a lot of people a lot of fantasy games. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely, he should be included. Now, I, I don't know if he'll win it because, like you said, it's, just, it's become a thing where we just give it to the best quarterback on the best team every year. But if you, if you believe the V in MVP stands for valuable, here's the case for Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has nine 100-yard games. The Colts have won each one of those games. The Colts have nine wins. Okay? So if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play well, they don't win. I don't know how you define valuable more than that.
1: I'll throw another name in there, valuable, Cooper Cup. Where does he sit? Behind Jonathan Taylor?
0: Yeah, uh, probably. Um, And and Cooper Cup may finish the season with 150 catches, which has never happened. The record is Michael Thomas a couple years ago at 149. But, you know, Cooper's going to have close to 2,000 receiving yards. He's going to have probably 15, 16 touchdowns. And he may have 150 catches. Um, Cooper Cup has absolutely been phenomenal. But, I don't know if if uh, if he's going to be considered for the MVP. I think I think Taylor's ahead of him.
1: Uh, and just coming into the playoffs, there's a few teams there on the bubble in the in the race for the for the wild card. And, and probably the one of the interesting stories that I've I've seen is the Miami Dolphins have set the record for the most consecutive losses in a year seven and consecutive wins in the year seven. Can the Dolphins scrape into the playoffs?
0: Well, right now they have the seven seed. And here's the funniest thing about the Dolphins, okay? Say so they started one and seven. No team in NFL history has ever started one and seven and made the playoffs. But, as you mentioned, they have a seven-game winning streak. That seven-game winning streak took place in the months of November and December. Since the NFL and the AFL merged in 1970 to form the NFL as we know it, every team, every team that's had a seven-game winning streak in November and December has made the playoffs. So either way, the Miami Dolphins are going to do something that's never happened before. Either they'll start one and seven and be the first team to do that and make the playoffs, or they'll miss the playoffs despite having a seven-game winning streak in November, December, which has also never happened in the current NFL structure.
1: You talk with the NFL about obviously changing COVID protocol. Obviously, the NBA are going through their own little drama <laughs> and, and challenge as well, I suppose, with, with where they're at in their competition.
0: Oh, it's, yeah, it's brutal. In fact, uh I think, like, one-third of the rest in the league also have COVID right now. So, uh, the, I mean, it's, they're having to call up people from the G League. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I don't think Adam Silver has no intentions of stopping the season again like he did last year. Uh, the NHL is having all kinds of issues because Canada is way stricter about what they allow and what they don't allow. And uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. They've already, the NHL's already pulled out of the Olympics. Because they've lost so many games, they don't. Have, they're, not, they're not going to be able to take that three-week break that they would normally do when the NHLers uh, go play in the Olympics. But you know, the NBA is going to try and find a way to muddle through this thing as well. It's it's just a convoluted mess right now.
1: Yeah, Trey, if you're six foot four and you own a set of Jordans, you're a good chance of uh, <laughs> walking past a, a basketball facility. You're a good chance of uh, of getting yourself on a roster for ten days. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Just one thing, we spoke earlier in the year in, in the NBA, and, and I remember you said the NBA doesn't start. These games, are yeah, they're important, but the NBA doesn't start. Look, there's still plenty of games left, left to go. But how are teams positioning themselves? Everyone sort of from around is looking at it, probably the most hyped team uh, and the most scrutinised team are the Lakers. Uh, how are they looking? Uh, is LeBron happy with everyone there? Are they going to see the season out as this roster, or, or are they going to try and make some changes?
0: Well, I think they'll make some changes, but the bottom line is that, that that trio that they thought was going to be great has been a disaster with Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and and, and Anthony Davis. Now Davis is hurt now, and that cr- creates another issue entirely. Um, but you know the Russell Westbrook thing was just a it's been a disaster, an absolute disaster. So, uh, I listen, it's a long season, but the Lakers, as they are currently constructed, uh, don't seem
1: like much of a threat to anybody right now. No, I, I agree. I think they need to to make some moves and, and, and what it was. But, Trey, we'll let you go. Uh, if you want to give us your best Jim Nance impersonation and, and talk us through your next shot while you're uh, while you're on the phone, we're all good for that. It, that. That would make just absolutely outstanding radio.
0: Well, let's let's do this now. Well, Tony, he's got a cross breeze from 154 <laughs> yards away. Uh, the wind has picked up a little bit and the rain is dropping, which means it's going to have to power through uh, the moisture in the air, it's going to be close, but the pin is tucked to the left side of the green. Always oh, put it on. And it's fantastic. It's absolutely
1: fantastic. Absolutely. And we don't know the absolute difference. You've probably hit it 300 meters left. But <laughs> Trey Wingo, thanks for doing that. Probably. All right, guys, take care. NFL. Enjoy your New Year's over there in Hawaii, and hopefully uh, we'll get you back on the show uh, very, very soon.